BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to Adam Carricker on The Ticket on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Adam Carricker on the ticket. I hope you're all enjoying this wonderfully delightful weather. Again, I'm a big guy. I enjoy colder weather. This is a bit a bit extreme. Again, that dome in St. Louis made me just a smidge soft. But I hope you're enjoying your holiday weekend. If you're getting Monday off, if you're like us, and you're still uh, grinding to the bone, having some fun, enjoying life, I hope you're having a great day as well. Now, I'm excited to bring on my next guest, Nebraska volleyball, uh, box basketball. He's for me to say Nebraska basketball. Okay, has been fun to watch this year. A little bit of up and down. There's reason for excitement. There's reason for optimism. All right. So my next guest is the sixth all-time leading scorer in Husker basketball history from Bellevue, Nebraska. I led the Huskers to the NIT title in 1996, named tournament MVP as well. Also had a really good 10-year NBA career. Let's not forget, Big 8 freshman of the year in 1993. Co-host of On the Block with Stricken Austin here on 93.7, the ticket as well, Mr. Eric Strickland. How you doing, my friend? Um, it's always a pleasure, man, to hear your voice, man, just uh, your continued success as you uh, doing big things here with the station, plus your career, man. It's a, it's a pleasure to join you today. I appreciate it, man. And Nebraska basketball, like you're, you're the expert. You're the guy in my mind. So I got a plethora of questions. My first question, Nebraska sits... 13 and four right now. What are your thoughts on the season to this point? Obviously the excitement of beating number one, Purdue, the frustration of losing to Iowa. Talk to me about your take on their season so far. Well, there's, there's definitely been it, it, not as many roller coasters as I've, I've rode on if I went down to six flags or somewhere like that, <laughs> but yep. um, it, it, they have a tendency to take you on a roller coaster ride. I don't think I've had as much of that this year, but you can tell it's a growth season. I mean, you go from a team that went 16 and six, you had a bunch of, um, you know, great players and Rick Mast and Bryce and, and uh, you, you get good young talent in Eli Rice. You got to see a little bit of him again, the Iowa game. I think you should like, I'd, I'd like to see a little bit more of him uh, going forward. But one of the things that they haven't learned out of Adam, I think, and it's in this growth phase is how to win with success. When you are not the, the one that's being, has the mm-hmm. the the, uh, the bullet or the bullseye on your yep. your jersey? Yep. How to go from being that guy when you're targeted to just not um, having a win, and that's a big win. But how do you win with success? And I think that's just part of the learning curve. Is that they're learning to do that. 
They've also had great bounce backs. That's something that you've seen mm -hmm. coming off of great, great bounce back coming off of uh, uh, another, another loss that they had. I got, my mind is, is not on a specific game, but then they bounce back and then beat Michigan state. And, and every time they had a big loss, they would have a good bounce back. They've got to get out mm -hmm. of that bounce back phase and they've got to get into putting strings of wins together after they've had success. I think it's obvious the potential is there. The talent is there. You bring in, I mean, a guy like Keisei Tominaga, a guy who can just take over a game with the shooting, with the three ball, electrify the crowd. So I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Okay, talk to me about that Purdue game. Okay, and exactly what they did that was so successful. They were able to frustrate Zach Eady to no end. That was part of it. But they didn't just win that game. That's what intrigues me. They were the better team. Bar none on the court that night. What did they do that night specifically? If maybe they can harness that more consistently going forward, they could be more consistent in the win-loss column. Well, it's good that you kind of have the ability to have a contrast like you had with uh, the loss to Iowa and the big win just mm -hmm. a few days earlier because there's some things that you can see. And, and, and being a football player that's had success, and I think you can understand this both on the collegiate level as well as the, uh, the professional level, and it's this. You have a team that was scrappy, mm -hmm. hard-nosed, honed into the game plan, executed, did uh, basketball-winning things, which mm -hmm. they correlate differently in football and basketball, but that's, that's getting hands on balls, that's digging and helping, that's extra uh, effort in rotations and things like that. They did. Now, contrast that with what you saw in Iowa. Mm -hmm. It was kind of lackluster, you know, kind of, you know, half hazardly, half haphazardly into the game, yep. shot horribly, didn't seem to have the same focus. They weren't in their intensity level, wasn't matched to the same as what Iowa was. And you know this, when you have a team that's down, Iowa's been struggling. Like they, they've mm -hmm. lost in the games that they've lost were against good teams. So they've struggled, but they're still a good team. Mm -hmm. And you just don't come out and give the same effort. That's going to, that's going to, that's going to hurt you. And that's why you were beat the way that you were beat. I kind of feel like and Nebraska fans are going to hate this. Um, I kind of feel like a little bit in a way, Iowa basketball is kind of similar to us this year. And I know a lot of people just threw up in their mouths when I said that, but what you just said, they have beat good teams, but they're kind of up and down kind of reminds yep. me a little bit of Nebraska. And you're, you're and I agree with you hundred percent, the effort, the energy against Purdue was off the charts, oh, yeah. dude. And then against Iowa, not so much. So here's my question. Okay, got a lot of ball left to play this year. Is this a Nebraska team that you think – I'm not going to say can because the obvious answer to can they get to the tournament is yes. Do you think that they will get to the NCAA tournament? Well, right now, they've been true to form not playing great on the road, they have to change that because mm -hmm. you're going to have to go on the road and get, especially like you're going to, but you're about to face Rutgers right now. Now Rutgers is always pretty tough out in Piscataway, mm -hmm. but you've got to go out there and get that one, right? This was yep. an opportunity for you to bag one after a big win, probably could have put you in the top 25 mm -hmm. uh, with that win, but and, and I hadn't looked this today, but I don't think they did. I think it's kind of the, the voters are going to be looking at it like, oh, you know, it was a one-off. But you could have solidified that. Now, you've got to take care of home. 
everybody that comes into your building, you need to be sending them home feeling like the Dallas Cowboys last mm-hmm. night. Right? Yep. Anybody that comes in, they need to be like, Luhu, Zahir. Now, yep. when you go on the road, you need to steal a couple of them. Like, you've got an opportunity to do so against Rutgers. You, uh, I, 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 I got the schedule up here, and I can tell you where you've got to do this. So you've got to go into Rutgers and do that one. Michigan's struggling. Mm-hmm. So you've got to go into – you've got to go get, get one in Michigan. You've got to take care of Penn State. You've got another chance at Indiana. You are the better team of Indiana. You've got to get revenge on Minnesota as they come into your building. Ohio State is struggling. Go in there and get that one. So I think if you can pull off a couple of those wins, that's going to put you at around 20 games. You've got a couple of – you've got three right now quad one wins. Mm-hmm. that'll give you an opportunity to uh, to do some things. Minnesota's not hurting you right now. You've got some teams that are not actually hurting you in the losses that you mm-hmm. have. So you've got to be able to, um, you know, really take care of home and go get a couple on the road. That's what it's going to boil down to. So they got 13 wins right now. You just kind of went through the rest of their schedule really quickly. They got 14 games left. What in your mind is the number of wins that they need to get to? Is it 20? Is it 22? To feel like we've got a legit shot at getting into the tourney. Um, right now they're, um, I think they're up in inside of 50, um, with the, um, with their rank, their, their, their ratings where they're, Mm -hmm. they're finding themselves. You want to kind of make sure you're up in that 40 range. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people are thinking they'll probably end up with a 12 seed, but they've got to win games and they've got to string together a good portion of them in this big eight. I mean, look at that. I went way back on that one. Big 10. (laughs) I knew what you meant. I knew what you meant. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> whoa whoa flashback uh, i actually liked gotta, it, dude. I, I grew up watching the big eight all good <laughs> right so so yeah they've got to do that man and 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 i love the number that you threw out i think 22 mm-hmm. is, is is the number to shoot for i think that's what i was thinking yeah. okay last two questions my man what has Fred Hoiberg been able to do this year? Because this is by far his best season so far to this point anyways. they got to finish the year. What's he been able to do that's been different so far this year to help increase their level of success? I think that he's been able to um, take moments like what happened here, what happened at Creighton, the falling off the wagon that happened out in, in, in Minnesota. They've been able to take those and use those as teachable, coachable moments and I think that it's starting to resonate with the team. You can mm-hmm. tell it's resonating because of the adjustments, the changes that they're making and the way that they're playing. Now he's got to be able to coach them when they have success. It's easy to coach when, you know, you have a circumstance or a situation where you take a hard loss. Um, there mm-hmm. was there was something really big as to why you, you lost this game. Rebounds, tur- turnovers, when you can just point at those and, and focus in on those that can help you. But when you're playing well, looking good, everybody's talking about you. You're 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 the big boy on campus now because right now they're they're looking better than any of the big sports uh, to start the season compared mm-hmm. to football. Like they're even mm-hmm. looking like they had a chance. I think football had a great chance to break through when they um, uh, when when all they had like four or five games left to just bag the yep. six. Just needed they a had a win. chance to really do something special, like something that yep. nobody really thought about, and they didn't get it. They didn't do it. They didn't. They didn't log it in. Nebraska has an opportunity, basketball wise, to do the same thing, and and, and it's literally right about now. 
mm-hmm. how they're going to bounce back and what they're going to do going forward. Hoiberg, I think, has been good at teaching them in the struggle moments or the troubling moments, uh, coaching them well. But how can he coach them when they're having success? That's what's going to be the, the key. It's interesting because I got, uh, you're probably aware, I've got like 84 kids. And so I do a lot in youth sports <laughs> and I'll do, I'll go to talk to high schools or, or whatever the case may be. And I'll talk about not just handling adversity, but handling success. A lot of times that can be just as difficult. And the star quarterback, his team won the state title last year, pulled me aside. He's like, hey man, like who can't handle success? Anybody can handle success. I was like, what happens is sometimes you're not as motivated. Your head gets a little big. You get a little lazy, even if you don't intend it. It's hard to consistency. It's hard to remain consistent. And I was like, dude, when I was at Nebraska, I never I never listened to guys like me. I never mm-hmm. read the paper because I didn't want to hear when we got our butt kicked, all the negativity. And when we won big, I didn't want to hear the positivity because I didn't want that to creep in. So you make a great point. All right, man. Yeah. The Big Ten is changing. And let me oh, add to that real quick. Because yeah. that's that's huge. That's that's so mm-hmm. dope to get to, to teach that. Because that's that's how it was for me. I mm-hmm. didn't really look at any of the accolades. I always was looking a level yes. above how can yes. I get there? And I'm not mm-hmm. done. I haven't arrived. So I've got a lot of work to do. So that's dope that you're teaching that. Dude, I, to me, I think a true competitor doesn't get a big head based on what they've done because they're so driven to accomplish what they haven't yet done. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I, And I've talked about this, not a lot, but every once in a while, like when I think back on my career at Nebraska, the games that, that, that I think about, the Cotton Bowl where we lost to Auburn, the Big 12 mm-hmm. title game that I just talked about, the freezing cold weather where we lost to Oklahoma. Like those are the things that to this day, I can't do anything. I'm, I'm old, fat, out of yeah. shape, need a surgery on my left knee. But that's what I think about. Anyways, I got to let it go. But one last question for you, as you know, college sports is changing. The Big Ten's going to look different. I think the ACC is hanging on by a thread and won't be around much longer. But – Next year, the Big Ten is going to look way different. USC, UCLA, Washington, Oregon. How's the Big Ten going to be in basketball? Will it be the toughest basketball conference in the country at that point? Well, right now, now? right now, I still think it's the Big 12, to be honest. Um, And then, you know, sprinkling maybe the ACC a little bit. But I I, I still but but I think it's on the way because the addition of UCLA, um, UCLA, USC, as well as Oregon, always been pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. It'd be good to have Altman come back after you know being here for Creighton to be able to see him more often as well. And then Washington is is teetering a little bit now. Big mm-hmm. Ten has been strong; they just struggle in the tournament. Yep. They're 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 good at competing against each other. The style of the game somehow hurts them when it's time to get into. I need a big shot makers, and I need guys. They don't usually have that, but they play great team ball. And during the season, team ball is what really helps uh, to solidify you. You need special guys that can get things. This is why Michigan State has had success. You know, mm-hmm. guys like Walker and and, and and Hogard, they have the ability to turn it on in a unique way when, when the lights are on. That helps them. I think the Big Ten is still going to be strong, and I think they've done themselves a great service with the expansion that they made going from east to west coast. And I think that's going to provide a lot of talent that's going to want to play in that style because it gives them a little bit of element of professionalism to be able to travel the way that professionals travel, going all the way to one coast, going all the way to the other, so forth and so on. And I think that's going to be a good benefit to them. 
Okay, so I lied. I got one more question. I brought up the ACC, and they may or may not be around. I think they're hanging on by a thread. I yeah. think we all know I Florida do. State wants out. Clemson, Vatek, Virginia, North Carolina, the Big Ten, and SEC are already trying to woo North Carolina, Virginia specifically. Do you think the ACC is going to be around in eighteen months from now? I'm going to be honest, Adam. Um, I actually thought they would have been first to go. That that's mm-hmm. what's crazy. I actually thought the Pac-10 was was maybe looking at a, a possible merger with Big 12. I thought that mm-hmm. could have been huge for them, putting them in a in a, in a slot, a third slot. Um, but I, I think you're right. I think they're teetering on the brink of, of, of falling off. And if it wasn't for that big, um, you know, contract they signed, taking them out to what, I think it's what, 20, 2030 or something, if not something more. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it was like a 30-year deal or 20-year deal mm-hmm. or something like that. If it wasn't for that, teams would have been 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 broke camp. And so mm-hmm. now that you're having these lawsuits start depending, and, and, and let's be honest, um, I think this is why the NCAA is coming down on them right now, the way that they're coming down on him for uh, NIL violations. Because sometimes yep. they're gonna make an example of you, a a a, get back in place. <laughs> you know, exactly. sometimes that'll happen. And and oh, yeah. I, I don't I don't I think it's a few years away, but I, I think you're right, man. I think it's gonna eventually happen. Um, if if one of those dominoes fall, then you've got to you got to rest assured that Florida State or Miami is gonna slow be quick to follow shortly after, and then you'll get into the basketball stuff, and then the the guys like the UCL, I mean the uh, NC uh, um, UNCs. Mm-hmm. Uh, North Carolina's uh, state um, Duke, they're going to start looking for where the next power play is for them. And so then it's going to start to fall apart quickly. All right. So I keep saying one more question and stuff keeps popping in my head. I promise this is the last one. I appreciate your time, but you mentioned Duke. And I remember last summer, there was a magnificent seven. They were called out of the ACC that were looking to actively go elsewhere. And Duke was not among them. Duke basketball possibly not being in a major conference, but just like UConn, look at UConn women's basketball. Mm -hmm. It's not what it used to be, or the men's. Like, what are your thoughts on Duke potentially being left out of what might be eventually a big three, maybe Big Ten, SEC, Big 12 conference type scenario? It's it's crazy to think about, uh, but uh, I think it also bowls, it goes to the effect of their, you know, uh, education, this is mm-hmm. prob- this is kind of why Cal and Sta- uh, Stanford kind of got, you know, mm-hmm. left on the outside yep. on the brink. Yep. yep. Very similar I think with Duke and then now Duke hasn't risen to the you know, after Shashevsky's le- left, they haven't really kind of risen back. I think it's going to take for them to do so. Um some of the success that they had in football could help. Mm-hmm. But they're going to probably need a good combination. And that's kind of crazy to think of that they would be on the outside looking in. Uh, my mind was blown. I was like, Duke is not a part of this. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, man. I appreciate your time. Ladies and gentlemen, be sure to check out uh, Mr. Strickland here. He does a phenomenal job. Co-host of On the Block with Strick and Austin here on 93.7 The Ticket. Thank you for joining me, my friend. Always, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We'll do it again. Sounds good. All right. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen.